Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 344 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. I am so thrilled that you are here with me today as I am talking to Violet DeLuna, who is a friend of mine and who just released her very, very first book this week. She's a published author now. And this is a delightful, wonderful interview. I'm so excited that you will get to hear it in just a moment. What is going on around here? Well, I'm in the new house. I'm in the new house. If you didn't listen to the Black Heron, uh, you probably haven't listened to the Black Heron episode unless you are a patron, in which case you did hear the Black Heron episode that came out this week when I was talking about being in the new house. I was still in a big period of stress at that point. My wife had not been able to find any pants and had been in shorts for three days and I had no shampoo or mugs or cooking pans. And I have since located a lot of those things. And I am settling into this beautiful office of mine. It is a little sun porch that is attached to the room behind me on the video, if you're watching that, uh, which will end up being a very small guest room, but they're both kind of mine. No, not kind of. They're both mine. They're my space. And this sun porch is divine. I am so happy to be here. I am so much less stressed out than I was last week when uh, we still hadn't moved yet. We are not only into this house, but we are completely out of the old house, which is, you know, always, why is that the hardest part? Lala and I joke that we're always halfway there, living on a prayer. No matter how much work you do on moving, you're only halfway there. It's the it's the asymptote. You know, you're always getting closer and closer, but you're never going to reach it. And a couple of days ago, I went back to the uh, old place and went up and down those fifty stairs, probably twenty times, and uh, just you know, bringing down the last things and finishing up the cleaning. Although we did have a cleaner, but you know, there's always more to do. And we're done. The keys are turned in. Hopefully, we'll get our full deposit back. I don't see why we wouldn't. That'll be great. And oh boy, I love this new house. Y'all, I hate change. I believe in change. I think it's a great idea. I like to do it as often as possible sometimes, but I hate the idea of change and I hate the doing of it. But when I get to the new place or the new spot in my life, I love it. I always love it. I love unpacking. I love relaxing into a space. I love not relaxing into a space. I love breaking myself to unpack as fast as possible, which I'm actually trying not to do. Um, We've been in here for almost a week and still there are many, many boxes that have not been unpacked. And indeed, I still have no clothing solution. Um, Yes, I should buy some kind of wardrobe or garment rack, but I don't want to. So I'm just going to see if I can get rid of some clothes or put them on bookcases or something. I don't know. There's very little storage in this house. But other than that, it's perfect. I love being here. I love the view that I am looking at over the computer into the greenery of the backyard that goes up this hill 
And every day I'm trying to at least go up in the morning, right as my day starts, I take a cup of tea up onto that hill and I look over the village that we live in and the green hills and I watch the birds flying in this morning. It was windy and well, I'm surprised it's Wellington, uh, but the clouds were moving so fast. It was a northerly, which is very strong in New Zealand. The southerlies are less strong, but they come off of Antarctica. So they're very, very cold. So but it's summer and the northerlies were blowing and it was a warm wind and it was just so gorgeous, so glorious. So I'm trying to at least go up there once in the morning to drink a cup of tea and I'm trying to get there in the evening too, just to have a little bit, not necessarily meditation, but just a moment of calm where I do nothing. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm just looking. I'm just allowing my brain to see, because that was one of the things that I found most joyful about the old apartment was that at least, I don't know, 10 times a day, I would stop in front of the windows and look at the harbor, just allow my eyes to take in the harbor and what the light was doing and what the sky was doing. And I think I have become addicted to seeing that big expanse of space. And I can find that just by walking up the hill. I don't have a water view, can't afford a water view, but, uh, but it's, a, it's an incredible view and it's our view. And it just makes me feel so good and grounded and happy and grateful. And it's always going to be changing. And it's, it's just real good, y'all. Oh, I was miserable last week. I had a couple of you re reach out to me and say, are you okay? Because you sounded real stressed out. I was real stressed out. That was T minus one day to moving. And now all we get to do is the fun of relaxing into the place. Like I said, we've got a lot of things to build and do and, and fix. And, and I started our brand new washing machine yesterday and then it flooded the laundry room. So we got to meet the first plumber of our stay here in New Zealand. He was great. I'm going to, he really liked our um, uh, more feminism, less bullshit tea towel hanging in the kitchen. So Mr. Plumber, you are now our plumber forever. I wish we could remember his name. We're going to find that out so we can write it down and call him back sometime because he did a quick fix and liked the appropriate tea towel. And uh, so I, I don't need to tell you that I have done almost no writing this week. I've done a little bit, but um, but not very much. That is coming next week. Uh, Seven Miracles is out there. And it has been, I don't know, I've lost track of how many times um, I've been rejected this week by publishers, by my agent, at least five or six. Um, we had a we had a real, we had a, we had a good live one on the line. She almost got approval from... I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. Oh, well, um, from her team at this publishing house and then it fell through. Um, but we still have, I think, three or four live ones on the line, three or four editors who are very interested in it. But I'm also trying not to attach any meaning or expectation or hope on that because as you all know, if it doesn't sell, I will self-publish and I will be happy, happy, happy to do that. Um, so. I don't know. It's just felt very, that has felt very lightweight and easy. And that is 
refreshing and awesome. So what else did I want to tell you about? Oh, I wanted to tell you about uh, two new patrons. I want to thank Marie Hodgkinson. And for you, I wish the ease of a puppy who has played hard all day and is dropping to sleep on the couch while on the lap of the person he loves most. I wish you that ease. And for Liz Barrett, who edited up her pledge, thank you, Liz. I wish for you the joy that comes from seeing the person that you've been missing terribly across a room where you least expected them to be, and the joy that comes from seeing their face light up the same way yours is when they see you. I wish for you that joy. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you to all of my patrons helping support me. It is so lovely and so, so very helpful. And it really provides me the opportunity to do this podcast, to have the time to bring it to you and to write those essays. So let us now jump into the interview with Violet. And here is Violet's bio. Violet DeLuna is a recovering, sometimes a Kearney attorney, not an attorney. I don't know what that is. She's a recovering attorney in Miami, Florida. She prefers storytelling to legalese as well as an open heart over the analytical mind. Violet has found that when her heart and mind work as one, that's where the magic happens. And she is on a lifelong and often unsuccessful journey to connect them both. Her first book titled Walking Each Other Home was published in January, 2023. And here is my interview with Violet. Please enjoy. Please get some of your own writing done. Come tell me about it. Happy writing to all of you. Do you wonder why you're not getting your creative work done? Do you make a plan to write and then fail to follow through again? Well, my sweet friend, maybe you'd get a lot out of my Patreon. Each month I write an essay on living your creative life as a creative person, which is way different than living as a person who binges Netflix 20 hours a week, and I have lived both of those ways, so I know. You can get each essay and access to the whole back catalog of them for just a dollar a month, which is an amount that really, truly helps support me at this here writing desk. If you pledge at the $3 level, you'll get motivating texts from me that you can respond to. And if you pledge at the $5 a month level, you get to ask me questions about your creative life that I'll answer in the mini episodes. So basically I'm your mini coach. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L to get these perks and more. And thank you so much. Oh, well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show today, my friend. My friend, will you please share your name and your pronouns with me? Sure. My name is Violet DeLuna and my pronouns are she, her. Welcome on the show, Violet. We have been working together for a while now, um, but something very, very exciting is happening this week. Would you like to tell us about it? I am hitting publish on my first book um, that I wrote in Rachel's 90 Days to Done class like almost four years ago. <laughs> was it that long here. already? I think so. It was like fall 2019. That is amazing. And tell us the title. The title is Walking Each Other Home. And, how, and what is it? And uh, give us a little bit of a log line if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So it's about a um, a successful Miami lawyer who keeps attracting emotionally unavailable men. And um, and so she hears about this hallucinogenic in Peru that opens your heart. And so she decides, okay, well, if I go to Peru, 
and open my heart, then I'll be able to fall in love. So she goes through, has a spiritual transformation. So she thinks, okay, like I'm good. And she comes back, falls in love with someone named Leo, and they have a beautiful relationship until she uncovers um, shame and betrayal within the relationship. And from there, she has to actually do the work to heal her traumas and her own shame as well. I did not even tell you that I was going to spring the logline question on you. And you just like came out of that with your heart. You weren't reading it off of anything. You were just telling us about your beautiful book. How does it feel that this week, and it will be live by the time the show airs, but how does it feel that in just a couple of days, it will be published and out there for people to read? Um, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. Um, yeah. I'm, and um yeah, I don't know. It's like weird that I finally am there after all this time. I did write it within the 90 days to done. It's just the editing and publishing <laughs> the book forever. took forever. And now I have so much respect for writers. Like I had no idea, no idea. And now you're doing it. And uh, we were talking a little bit off air. How did you pick this publication date? Because I think it's really fascinating. So yes, it's been ready for like a month or two months to be hit publish. But a few months ago, I consulted with an astrologer because I love astrology to pick a publication date for my book. And so we came up with uh, Friday um, at 12.26 p.m. So then I was had to have a whole discussion about what publish means, because was it hitting the button to publish? Because I found out that when I hit the button, it's not automatic. Hmm. And if I do a pre-order date, then it doesn't work for the, if you're self-publishing for the um, ebook, right? I think it is only the, or it's the other way around. I, I think it's the other way around, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So one of them is not going to be exactly published. So I came to the decision that no, it should be the date, the time I published, I hit publish on Amazon. So that's what I'll be doing tomorrow I or Friday night. I think that's perfect because honestly, Amazon says like it could take up to 24 to 48 hours and it doesn't, it just goes. So it's going to be so, so, so exciting. And then you do get to choose the actual time because otherwise if you do a pre-order, I'm pretty sure they're still doing the midnight drop. So that would be out of your control as well. Right. And it's for fun. Like if it doesn't, you know, it's just fun. I am so so proud of you and how far you have come and how you have embraced this process. Can you please tell us a little bit about the process of writing and how you get it done? Because you did this at different times in your life and you were, tell us all about that. So when I, when I originally wrote the first draft, I was getting up at three in the morning and writing every single day. Um, And that worked, but it wasn't very good for my health. No. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good for my health because I was working full time. I had a, a baby practically. He was like a year old. And um, and also I discovered that in the editing process, like that kind of intensity didn't really work at three in the morning. So now what I, I do it, I still am working in the morning, um, but not like not at three, not as early. <laughs> um, and I'm not like you know, if it's, if it's six or whatever, um, I just like, I try to get it in first. One of the things I know you love Becca Syme, I have like high achiever and high responsibility. So if I 
do my other things I feel I'm responsible for first, then I'll never get the writing done. So I have to, I do, I do do the writing first. That is my, my thing. I love, I love that. Becca Syme and I both talk about like how not everybody is a first thing in the morning writer. However, people who are not doing their writing almost always benefit by doing it first. You know what I mean? Even if that's not their ideal time, because then, then, then we knock it out. If people are doing their writing at night, great. But a lot of people, like you say, especially with responsibility, like if you start having your day and doing your things, it's just never going to roll around that that priority and that pressure is high enough for you to get the work done later. So you do it in the morning. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And you're in, where are you working right now? Are you in the house? Are you, do you have an office space? I have like a desk that's in the middle of our living room. So no, I would say no, I don't. How do people um, do that? Can you write with noise around you? Well, usually I'm writing when the kids are asleep. before. Um, yeah. And um, when I've done the edits, like the big revisions, um, then my family has gone away for a weekend. Usually they gift me that. It's wonderful. That is and wonderful I gift. just like focus all weekend because yeah, I need to have that space to focus and it's the only way it's worked for me. So that's far. a wonderful gift for a family to give to a writer is to not even send the writer away, but for themselves to go away. And therefore you're surrounded by everything that you love and everything that you want and you don't have to go anywhere. That's an awesome, awesome tip. Okay. Can you share what your biggest challenge is when it comes to writing? Um, well, it's definitely finding time to, to write and then, um, and prioritizing it because, you know, some days it's not like I do it every day. I try to, yeah. but, but not of course. every day. Um, and also I would say like feeling that it's important that I do it mm. right feeling that I deserve to write every day or as much that is. And that's why, you know, I love your classes because you remind us every day or every class, like, no, you're a writer. You need to be writing. Just this is like, your... it helps so much. And, and for somebody with high responsibility, it is, it's, you need to be reminded of that, that that is, you are worthy of that time. And I know that you struggled with that for a while. So I am glad to hear if it helped at all, because you, are and I'm so proud of you. Okay, what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Um, well, the biggest joy was definitely um definitely taking the the classes and like connecting with the other writers and realizing that everybody like feels the same way that they're incompetent, yeah. that they're not good and that actually, you know, we all come from the same place and we're all kind of on the same page. Um, so, you know, having that encouragement of the classmates and then you and the classes was definitely one of my biggest joys. And, um, and then just telling the stories, like I love to tell stories, I love to read stories. So being able to finally do that and not just talk about one day doing it is amazing. And not only doing it, but because I've seen you learn and achieve that mastery over a story and mastery over what we're talking about when we're talking about things like story structure and character arc and pacing and all of that. You've just been such an amazing student. And y'all, this is not an advertisement for my classes. I just wanted to talk to Violet about her book. And she was like, no, we're going to talk about your class. And I'm like, oh no. So um, yes. <laughs> what is, um, I would love to ask you, what 
Oh, no, sorry. I want to go to this one first. Can you share a craft tip that has helped you? Other than taking 90 days to done. Um, I love, um, Rachel came up with this reactive writing strategy um, and the spreadsheet. Uh, I don't know how to like fully describe this. I don't know if you want to, but um, it's amazing. And it really goes to my lawyer mind because I'm like, okay. Here's the little boxes. We have to get to our legal argument by the end of the four <laughs> acts. And so you just need to complete it. And I love it. It's like, you know, it's you think like, oh, writing is so like, you know, I don't know, amorphous. Right. And no, there's a process. There is a process. And it can be installed over anybody's process. Like I am a, a, an almost total pantser. And um, the reactive writing worksheet is just this thing. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to release it to the general public or write an article about it or something at some point, but it's, it's, it's a spreadsheet that shows you where you are in the process. And I love boxes and some people hate spreadsheets and this would be the stuff of their nightmares. But um, for people like you and me who like to see progress in a real clear way, like, no, I'm moving from this box today, tomorrow I'm going to be working on this box. It's so comforting. I'm so glad that you like it. Thank you. What is the kindest thing that anyone's ever done for you in your writing career? And you better not say me at all. It's got to be somebody yeah, else. Sorry, but I would have. I, I had two, so that was one. And the other is, um. so one of the things I learned about being a writer is that you have to reach out and ask people to blurb your book. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know how that happened. Um, so I found a local author who writes about plant medicine too. And she's actually like the only person I found that writes novels about plant medicine. So I reached out to her and not only did she blurb my book, but she put me on her podcast and she's having an event on Saturday night. And she's like, like, I need to get your website. I'm going to promote your book. Like, it's just so sweet. And like, I think that that's what all writers are. And I, you know, I just didn't know it. It was just so beautiful. That is amazing. And it's all because you took the time to look around, see what was out there, investigate, reach out, ask for a helping hand and writers reach back. It's Mm -hmm. that's gorgeous. And now you have a friend in the same genre in the same little niche. And right near me, we're going to meet each other soon. Like it's amazing. That is so cool. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. What is the kindest thing that you've ever done for yourself as a writer? Um, okay. So I thought about this question. Um, I used to, like I said before, like I didn't think that I deserved to be a writer. I didn't think I was good. You know, this whole like kind of sob story. And then one day I was meditating and like when, when I practice meditation, you have to raise your energy to be like what you want. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, why am I not feeling the energy that I am a good writer? What, like, why, why do I continue my little like victim story? Why don't I feel like, oh, I'm a great writer. My book is great. People are going to want to buy it and just feel that energy. And I remember like, um, I talked to one of our mutual friends afterwards and I was like, can you do it too? And so we, we started like together being like, yeah, we're great writers. Like this, our books are great. And it just felt so good. That is so lovely. And it 
disconnects us from that critical voice that we're that we all struggle with so much. Um, and it gives it, and it gives you the space and the time to understand that, yes, you are a beautiful writer. And it's so funny because we would be able to say that to anybody else, right? We can, we can see the beauty and the worth in their words. We just can never find it in ours. So being really intentional about thinking that and doing that, are you still doing it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's still the part of me that's like, oh, you know, my book's whatever, it's fine. But then it's like, you know, I have to claim it if I expect anyone to read it. So I can't just ask, you know, my friends like, oh, can you read my book? It's okay. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you've done an amazing, marvelous, wonderful thing with this beautiful book and you get to be proud of it. Thank you. Oh, it's Thank so cool. You. Speaking of beautiful books, what is the best book that you have read recently and why did you love it? Um, Okay, so being a mom, I love to read books where the story moves quickly Mm -hmm. because I have to move quickly and I often read in like weird places. Like I think I've told Rachel before, like when I'm cooking, I'll be like swiping the phone Kindle and like looking so great. I've never heard anybody Um, say that they do that. I just like, I love stories. And so whenever I can, I do it. So um, there's this book I read recently. It's called Small Town, Big Magic. And um, it's about a girl who she lives in this town and she thinks everything's wonderful. And, but everyone around her is magical, but she's lost her powers and she didn't know. And then she finds out that she is also a witch. But what I loved is like the friendship story because these people are being her friends even though she's not like, she doesn't know a part of them anymore because she can't see the magic. And I just thought like, what an amazing thing to be a friend of someone and have to hide part of yourself. And so I don't know. It hit my heart. That's beautiful. And it sounds exactly up my alley and I haven't heard of it. Thank you very much. Small town, big magic. Also, it's got a really good title that just like sticks sticks and and rings in the mind. Thank you. All right. Tell people again, the title of your book and where they can find it online. It's called King Each Other Home and um, it'll be available on Amazon and uh, I can't remember where else. Print and ebook, right? Yeah. Are you doing Kindle Unlimited um, and staying within Amazon or are you distributing wide? Um, I am doing Kindle Unlimited. Awesome. Um, that's what Ed recommended, your assistant, that I try that for three months. Oh, and he really, he gave me a really cool tip. I don't know, maybe this, everyone knows this and I don't, but I thought that it was really helpful. So maybe other people will too, that if I tell all my fam, friends and family about the book, then Amazon won't be able to know what kind of people are interested in it. So I am going to start with only telling people in the plant medicine space about my book that has been published. So smart. That is so, so smart, at least for the first like week or so to give Amazon Mm -hmm. that time to, to adjust itself to, to who wants what. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I recommended a book at one point, it was a long time ago and I was just, I, 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 the only people I was talking to at that point were knitters. I didn't have a book out or anything like that, but people said that when I recommended this book, then I can't remember what it was. It was like a quilting book, but all the knitters, it showed knitting recommendations at the bottom. So yes, I think that Amazon is always getting smarter about these things, but I think that is a very, very wise idea to do. 
It's so exciting. And oh, I'm sorry. I should, um, uh, do you have a website that people can go to? And what is it? VioletDeLuna.com. Do you have a mailing list? I do. It's, you can sign up through the website and then I haven't actually written anything yet, but that's, that's, but you will. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I will. I think it'll be fun. And, um, because people from your class signed up. So, uh, that's awesome. (laughs) And, um, oh, and I'm on Instagram, but that's it. That's, and I have three posts so far. (laughs) Excellent. You are demonstrating, you are modeling, doing the work. There are, there are only a couple things you need as a writer, a website where you can be found a newsletter. And I think that's it. And if you can add a social media platform in there, fantastic. You're doing all of that. And you followed your heart to this moment, to this release of your first book. And I am so proud of you, Violet. And I'm so glad that you came on the show. Thank you for being part of my journey as a writer too. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.